will you come up? I, I just want you to share. As I prayed, I just felt like the Lord said, this is it. This is the time just to share this right now. Um, it's not necessarily where I was going to go, but I, this just needs to be released. Well, that just had a dream and uh, just shared it with me this morning. And I just said, hey, be ready. I just feel like this might be something that needs to be shared. So just, just hear this uh, as something I feel like the Lord is moving us into. So, so this morning I was kind of in and out of my, like falling asleep and waking up. And I had a dream. I fell asleep that <clears throat> we were in the back room praying back there. And the Lord just showed up. He just came and everybody couldn't move. Like everybody was just back there just relaxing in the Lord and just being touched by the Lord. And it was, service was getting ready to start. And um, I was kind of able to move a little bit. And the Lord said, all right, let's go do this. And I was like, everybody's down. I'm not going out there. And he was like, no, Lynette, let's go do this. And so I came out and I was kind of like, hi, I'm Lynette. I'm nothing significant in this church in a big way. Like, I'm not a pastor. I'm not anybody. But hi, let's do the announcements, you know? Like, and it was like the Lord was, well, before I went out, the Lord said, let's have everyone else join with us. Like, let's start and then kind of, kind of join the back room to the front room. And so when I woke up from that, I was like, I don't know what that means. And I still don't really know exactly what it means, except for the Lord. I felt like the Lord was saying two things. First of all, what we do in the back room and pray is huge. And he comes and he listens. And the second thing was um, that just because we're not necessarily called Mm. at the church or we're not necessarily a pastor at the church or we're not necessarily um, someone who is in charge of something at the church, yeah, yeah, a position of the church, that we're not supposed to go and we're not supposed to go teach and stuff because we're all called to go teach and we're all called. We don't, I don't have to be a pastor to be able to come up and serve or to be able to go out and talk to people or pray to people. I don't have to be a, a specific person in the church. The Lord's called us all to do it and we all do it as a family together. Amen. So good. So her, her statement too, I just want to say like when she said, well, I'm not really anyone in the church. Like, it just kind of hit me. And, and I feel like that is the church sometimes. Like, you guys are out there going, look at, that's the pastor on the stage. He's the significant one in the church. And, and I want to be like, no, we need to actually shift this thing where this goes low and that goes high. And we go, hey, look, <laughs> you guys are the significant ones. You guys are the ones that are being lifted up in this season to be leaders, to be teachers, to be equippers, uh, to be those that train and equip the body of Christ and raise up the body of Christ. I can't do it. I feel like my calling in this season is to just to get the alignment of what the Lord is calling us to. But man, you guys are the ones that are actually going to be the warriors, the ones that are out there fighting. Uh, I might be like, hey, this is how you do it. I'll show you once, but it's you know, it's kind of like David. He had 400 men. Those guys killed, did, killed bigger giants and did bigger feats than what David did. And so, like, I just do not discount yourselves. You're actually called to do great things. You're called to be teachers of the word. You're called to be evangelists. You're called to be prophets and pastors. Um, we, have, we have people out there sometimes on, on uh, Saturdays and we're praying and, and they'll go, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm like, Yes, you are. <laughs> Maybe not like officially in the rock where you have the title pastor, but you're a pastor. 
you're leading. You're, you're to be leading. So I just feel like that's an encouraging word. Lynn, thank you. Lynn, Lynette, why do I keep calling you Lynn? <laughs> Lynette, it's Lynn short. There, there were some scriptures. It was funny. I was in this earlier this week, and uh, I just wrote these two scriptures down. And in 1 Corinthians 3, it says this, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritually, but as worldly, as mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it yet. Indeed, you still aren't ready. You're still worldly. For since there is a jealousy and a quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, were you not mere men? And, and that, scripture, that scripture just hit me just like that. <laughs> it, just that, like, and this is not, like, I'm not coming down on you guys. I feel like this is just the church. It's, if the problem is, is much of the church, there's this, and it's, it, it's because it's set up here. Like, you guys stay in your seats, we'll do the ministry, and all will be good. <laughs> and that's why the church is dying. <laughs> because when the, when the church doesn't rise up and play their part, when 99% of the body is, is stagnant and doing nothing, and just the 1% is doing something, it's like you, you just go into like a comatose state, right? Like there's, there's no life. There's no life in the body until we all rise up, until we all play our part. So, so I feel like this, it's a new season. We're not supposed to just drink milk. You're going to get lots of meat. And, uh, and, the, and the purpose of that is there's going to be like, hey, we're going out and doing this thing. I love the fact that you guys, like we have been doing this, right, all summer long. We're in and out. We're, we're out ministering to people. We're seeing people come into the kingdom, people healed. I was saying in the back, I, like, I have seen more healings and, more, and greater healings than I've ever seen in my life. Ten times over. I, I, I mean, it's almost about every other day I'm seeing a miraculous healing. God do something that's like, like crazy, just, you know, whatever it is. Or somebody coming into the kingdom. I just, as I told you like earlier in the service of just someone I got to just lead to the Lord. And that's happening almost every day. Somebody's coming into the kingdom. Somebody's getting healed. That's just, I feel, the start of this. But that's for all of us. That if, if, we're, not, if we're not seeing healings every day and people coming into the kingdom every day, then I would say, ask for it. Let it start to stir your heart. That, and, and not to go, wow, look what, look what we're doing but that we would have the heart of the Father that says, no, we're going to go after these people. We're going to go after those that are in darkness, those that do not have hope. We have this hope that others just do not have. I don't know how you, you go through life without Jesus. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, there's times I'm like, how would I have survived in that situation had I had not had Jesus so I'm so thankful for what I have, but I'm like, boy, how can I not share that with everyone around me, that they would have that opportunity to know him, to walk in his ways, to, to have the fullness of life in the midst of, of the craziness of life that we're in, right? And we, we're in a crazy world that I promise you is only getting crazier. If you think we're going to like all settle down and things are going to get smooth again and, and life is going to be good, like you're... You're in another world. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, it, there might be moments of like, ha, ah, but then it's going to, 
It's just, it's going that way. It's scriptural too. It's going to get darker. But guess what? Yay. Because that means we get brighter. Right? Okay, so here's what I'm going to hit on just for a few minutes here. And then probably have to hit on this at another time. But the, the, this is what I've been feeling. In the midst of all the amazing things that are happening, there's also been this frustration that, I, that I've had. And uh, I've, I've prayed for a number of people recently um, to be raised from the dead. Uh, I've prayed for a lot of people to be healed. And even though I'm seeing healings like every other day, uh, there are a lot that I am not seeing. And, and there, there is a struggle in that. Like, uh, and I go, God, what, what is it? Why, why are we not walking like you walked? We're doing greater things than you did. I mean, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. He healed everyone. And... Uh, what is it that, that we're not seeing? And in that, too, I want to say, I feel like part of this is, is understanding the importance of prayer. Um, it's crazy that, like, we'll call, like, if we have a prayer meeting, if we have, like, you know, um, Bill Johnson come in or Todd White or, uh, you know, uh, Heidi Baker or somebody, like, everybody comes, right? You get, you know, place can get packed out. But if we go... Hey, we're going to pray. <laughs> we got like 10 people in the room. We're like, woohoo, here's our prayer meeting. What, what is it? And this is just, so hear me. I am not going to be preaching. I'm not talking to you from a place of let me tell you how it all works. I'm talking to a place of, of my heart right now of just going, Whoa, something's, what's, what's going on here? And how do we, how do we press into this and, and receive a greater revelation from the Lord in this? Because I feel like, like, you look at scripture, you look at Jesus' life, and so many times, like, he snuck away. He got in, sol- in a solitary place, and he got with the Lord. So many times, if you look at it throughout Acts, there's over th- 30 times where it talks about prayer and the importance of prayer and praying and how they prayed and, and miraculous things happened and praying for people. And Paul's going like, hey, pray for us that this would happen and pray for us for this. And, and uh, you see the importance of prayer in here. And yet I, I feel like, like the body of Christ in general has such a limited value in prayer. And, you know, there's even there's the scripture where uh, the, the disciples try to cast the demon out of the boy and uh, they can't do it. They, they try and try and try. And then... Uh, Jesus comes and he's like, oh, you unbelieving and perverse people. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, man. Like, you just hit somebody while they're down, <laughs> right? And then he goes on to say, hey, this one comes out only through prayer and fasting. Uh, there's, it, it's not that you have to go away and do your three days of prayer and fasting. And what it is, is there is, when you step into that place of prayer, you come into a greater, you come into an alignment with heaven, there's something so powerful about it. But, but, I, but this is also what I feel. Sometimes I question, like, how much do we value it? And I think sometimes it's like, what, if we just look at circumstances, we go, well, man, I, pr- I prayed for this for years, and nothing happened. I prayed for this, nothing happened. I prayed over this, nothing happened. And so we almost, like, lose that value for prayer. Right? Is that just me, or have you guys ever been in that place where you're like, like, hey, prayer meeting, and you're like, I'm going to go watch the Bronco game. 
<laughs> right? Because, because you don't see sometimes what's happening in the moment right there. there there's a, it's almost like an intangible type of experience where you go, well, I prayed for six hours today. And it wasn't like Holy Spirit came down, boom, and like you didn't get the response. We are such a, a people, uh, especially in the United States, that like when you do something, you want immediate response, right? There has to be that immediate like, oh, there it is. There's, uh, okay, if I do this, I get this. If I do that, I get this. That's not often how prayer works. There are times, there are moments when, it, when we do pray and God just, boom, Instantly, miraculously, we see God do, do amazing things. But there's also times where it's almost like we never even see the outcome of it. We might be praying over someone. We don't know what the Lord is actually doing. But I can tell you that your prayers are powerful. Uh, I just want to briefly talk to you about a, so position, authority, and power. And so there's this, there's this position that we have to have in Christ. So I'm just going to quickly hit on this. So just take some notes. You can go back through it later. Um, yeah. So position in Christ. Hebrews 4.16 says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There is a position that we need to understand that we can walk in that is of confidence. When we, when we walk in, our confidence is in the Lord, we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace. That is a place of, of prayer. It's communion. Prayer is not, sometimes I think we think prayer is just a one-way communication. We just, you know, get in our prayer closet and we just pray, 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 pray. And, and sometimes the Lord's just going, no, will you just shut up <laughs> and listen it's like if I just said, hey, Christy, let's go hang out. And I just, for the next hour, talk, 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 talk. And then at the end of that hour, I go, well, that was great. Thank you so much. It's so good. I'm so glad we got that connection. And, and I walk out. She's going to be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean that was great? I didn't get to say a word. We didn't get to talk at all. It was just me, her listening, and me talking the whole time. Sometimes I think we do that with the Father, where we're like, God, I'm going to come in, I'm going to pray with you, and I go, blah, 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 blah. Lord, thank you for this time. <laughs> and he's like, but I have so much for you. You've got to listen to my voice. There, there is a, uh, we're, we're taking communion back there, and it's, it's I was saying, communion is come into union. It's that constant place of abiding in him. And life in him is a prayer life. Our, our life it talks about it in a number of places where we should pray without ceasing. That prayer without ceasing is not necessarily speaking. It's not even praying in tongues. It's, it's actually a place of communion with the Father that prayer is two-way. So you may be listening and you may be speaking. You may be listening and then speaking. But, there, but we should always be in prayer. We should never step out of prayer. And then there are, but there are precious times of corporate prayer. Um, I'll just tell you, there's a cool story in, in Acts 8. Um, I think it's Acts 8. Let me find it here. Give me about five more minutes and then we'll wrap up. Um, I feel like this is... So, 
Oh, no, it's not Acts 8. What is it? Um, hold on. It's Acts 12. Um, in Acts 12, so this is, you have uh, James, is be, he gets beheaded by Herod. And, uh, and that seems to go really well for him. Everybody, all the Jews are, are like, oh, way to go. You just beheaded James, the, the brother of Jesus. And, um, and so he goes after Peter, and he gets Peter, and he puts him in prison. And here's the cool part. Is it, says that, uh, it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. This is where we see the value, a value of, of prayer. In, in a corporate place of, of gathering together and praying for the Lord's will to be done in a situation. And I, I honestly don't believe, I think if, it, if they hadn't have gathered together, because they weren't, it doesn't say anything about they were gathering together for James when he was put in prison, but he got beheaded. I think they kind of woke up and they were like, oh, we need to pray. <laughs> like, this is going to happen to Peter. And, uh, and so with Peter, they're, they're praying over Peter, and this is so cool. Um, I'll skip down. It just says that an angel comes, came to him. And he says, it says, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And he put on his clothes and his sandals. And, and, uh, and then it says, the angel said this, wrap a cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told, that's what the angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison for he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought it was a, he thought it was a vision he thought he was actually dreaming this as it was happening. So it says, they passed the first and the second guards, and then they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened up for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Can you imagine? You're in prison. James has just been beheaded. You're like, well, I'm probably next. I'll go. <laughs> and, uh, but the church is praying for you. An angel comes because of these prayers, and, and basically sets you free, knocks the, knocks the chains off of you, says, put this cloak on, and walks you out between the guards. It says that the gates, nobody touched the gates. The gates just opened. These, these like metal big gates of the city, they open up, and he walks out, and he walks along the road, and all of a sudden, the angel disappears. Like, That's a pretty cool story. <laughs> all because of prayer. And, and then here's the thing, and this is the funny part, is you have, so they're all praying. It says, uh, it says when they had, um, when he had, I'm sorry, <laughs> when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. They were praying over Peter. And uh, so it says Peter knocks on the outer door, and, and the servant girl named Rhonda, she comes to the door, and she goes, it's Peter. She runs back in and is like, she's overjoyed. She comes back in, says, without opening the door. So the funny thing is, is she doesn't even open the door. It's Peter at the door, and she's like, oh, it's Peter. He runs back in. The door's still locked, and she's telling everybody, hey, it's Peter. And they're like, Rhonda, I don't know what you had to drink, but, <laughs> but no, it's not Peter. Peter's in prison. We're praying for him. We're praying for him to get out. Peter's in prison. He's not at the door. <laughs> like the very thing that we're praying, that they were praying for, they didn't actually, even when it happened in the moment, and she's like, he's at the door, they're like, no, 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 no. We're just praying. I feel like that's the church. We're like, yeah, we're praying. And then the Lord's doing things, and we're like, no, no, no. <laughs> 
He doesn't actually do what we're asking him to do. We're just wasting our time praying. <laughs> right? Am I alone in this? Because this is how I feel a lot of times. There's times I'm like, God, is, is this really doing anything? They say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> That's what they tell her. When she kept insisting, no, it's Peter. They said, no, it's got to be his angel. So that's, I mean, you guys have heard this story, but it's like, really? You believe that Peter's angel would show up before Peter would actually show up? <laughs> like, that takes greater faith in a lot of ways, right? Like, how many of you have seen my angel or seen your, your spouse's angel? Like, I've never seen it. But, you know, so I would be more apt to go, well, like, if Christy was in prison, that, oh, that's got to be Christy. I would never go, oh, that's probably Christy's angel at the door. <laughs> so... It says that Peter kept on knocking, which if you're Peter, you're like, come on, really? <laughs> Let me in the door so I don't go back to prison. <laughs> uh, and so then it says Peter motioned with his hand. So they come and they're astonished. They're, they're praying and then they're astonished in their prayer. Uh, I, I just, I find it funny, not funny. I think it's, this is, you know, we hear these stories and, and they're in the Bible for a reason. This isn't like, well, that was, that's just a story. Like, I think the Lord, he wants to show us things in these very stories that we would pick up on it and go, oh, no, there's something powerful about our prayers. And, and, and I think there just needs to be a greater expectation that the Lord is actually moving when we pray. It may not be the exact way. I don't, it doesn't say what they were praying. They might have been praying that, that he was just protected. Well, the ver what the Lord did out of it is walk him out of the prison and bring him to the house. So who knows what they were praying. But in that prayer, the Lord actually, what happens, let me explain it this way. So God's given us authority. We actually have authority through Christ. We had it, we lost it, we got it back through Jesus. He actually has all authority. He actually holds on to the authority. But he's given us this authority in him. So when we actually now live, move, have our being, when we live in him and operate through the power of the Holy Spirit, we actually operate out of his authority on this earth right now. When we operate in that authority, it actually releases power. And the kingdom of God, it talks about this in 2 Corinthians 4.20, it says the kingdom of God is of power. And, and I think sometimes we forget um, we live, we live in a, with a mindset that of just go, kind of going through life and, and, and expecting just minimal power. Like maybe if there's a cold, I'll get healed of it once. Um, but I think there's, there's something that we can begin to walk in and understand in as we come into a position of confidence in him, not in ourselves, and that's critical, uh, that we, it's the confidence is not in us, it's actually in him. And so when we stay in that place, and that goes back to the abiding, when we abide in him, we actually step into a place of authority because of who he is, that we can step into situations on earth and we can say, on earth as it is in heaven. And I think the other thing I feel like we do sometimes is we, we're very good at when we pray, it's like, Lord Jesus, would you please do this? And I want, I, there's, there's a shift I believe we need to make in mindset that he's already given us authority through him. So 
as long as we are in alignment with his will, it's not a please will you do this. It's actually taking authority. We've been deputized. So sometimes I feel like the Lord's going, really? Like, why are you begging for something I've already actually given you authority to do? That now we would step into that place of saying, oh no, I actually declare this. I say this will happen, not because of who I am, but who Christ is in me, and he's the one that, that gives me all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority. There is, Jesus took back all authority in, on earth. Satan doesn't actually have the authority. The only authority he has is the authority that, that we give him to walk in, right? Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> so when we, when we can, so it's that position and then walking in authority and releasing the power of the Holy Spirit into situations. God actually desires to do this, but he desires to do it through us. The other thing I think we go is, well, God, you got to do this. And, and God's going, no, actually, I've called you to do it. From the very beginning of time, he says he set us up to rule and to reign, to take dominion, to actually take authority over the earth. There was darkness on the earth. We were to come in and bring light. That's our calling now is to actually come in and bring light into darkness. I want you to see, oh, I went over. How do you land a plane? <laughs> Landing gears down. Here we go. Um, 2 Corinthians 10. I'm just going to tie it to, uh, you can put your finger in uh, there and then in Ephesians. Whoops, other way, Ephesians 6. Um, so listen to these two verses and then we'll just close with this. In, uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. So uh, in, uh, second, in Ephesians 6, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There's, there's something that we just have to remember over and over again. And I know we hear these scriptures, but I guarantee you, and myself included, a lot of the battles that we do are against flesh and blood. We're frustrated with somebody. We're going to let them know it. <laughs> We're, we're going we're gonna to get back at them. We're going to do this. We're, you know, like, I'm going to teach them a lesson. <laughs> um, yeah, there, I could go on and on. And, and don't look at me like I'm the only one doing this like this. <laughs> How often do we fight against flesh and blood? We're actually not called to fight against flesh and blood. We're supposed to die to ourselves and love others with the same love Jesus had for us. So we have to put ourselves under others, actually consider others more highly than ourselves. That's the position on earth. And uh, I had this vision of like, it's, um, it's with one hand, you're actually, you have your, your hand down like on the earth. And so I had this vision of the earth and then the second heaven. And just to clarify, there's like, there's the first heaven, which is earth, where earth, and then you have the second heaven, which is really, this is where the principalities and the powers are that talks about in Ephesians, talks about in, in 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, there is a second heaven where there are principalities and powers of the air. That's considered like second heaven. I don't know who named it the second heaven, but it's just kind of that middle area. And then there's the third heaven. That's, that's where Christ is on the throne. 
That's where the Heavenly Father is. And so just kind of when you see it like that, that we actually fight in the heavenly realms. We, it, when, when Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavens, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in the heavens, it's not referring to the, like where, where Jesus is. Where, where things are bound and loosed are in the second heaven. That's, the, that's where the battle is. That's what we're facing here. This is that, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but it says we fight against rulers, against authorities, and against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The heavenly realms, they're not up in heaven with God fighting against God. <laughs> they, fell, they already fell like lightning. They're out of there. But there's this, like, call it the, they call it the second heaven. Um, I don't know why it's called the second heaven, but it's just, that's what the, the, the term has been kind of named. And that's where we fight. So I said this vision of this picture of, like, a man with one arm with a, with a sword, like, pressing through into the second heavens. And that's where we war. So we fight with the sword. We fight with the sword of the Spirit. We, we come against the enemy. We take authority, and we rule, and we reign from that position our ruling and reigning from the earth is love. We don't fight. We don't fight in the same way. Our, the way we fight is with love. We overcome fear. We overcome all those things. We overcome anything of the enemy on the earth through, with, with people, with love. It says they will know us by our love. So that's, that's the position we take on the earth, but in the heavenlies, it's not necessarily about love. It's about war. And when we see something going on down here, that we go, no, 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 that's not okay. What we do is we take up our position in the heavenlies and we begin to fight. We begin to fight in this position to say, it's not okay. I'm going to say on heaven as, as it is, or on earth as it is in heaven. And that's third heaven down to this. And how we do that is we align the second heaven with heaven to bring that down to earth. Does that make sense? So for last verse here, so in that is back to 2 Corinthians 10. It says, listen, it says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have the divine power. The weapons that we fight with, we fight with the sword of the Spirit. We, we don't fight with our own mindset. We don't fight with our own stuff. We fight with this, and we fight with the Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit. The Spirit breathes, breathes life. He gives us the Word of God, but now we have the Spirit as well. It says this is where we pray in the Spirit on all occasions. We war in the heavenlies constantly. Don't think that the enemy is like, okay, halftime, you get a break. <laughs> there is no halftime in this battle, okay? This is that stay awake, stay alert always at all times. Catch this last part. Don't, don't fall asleep on me here. Um, and then I'm done. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up above or against the knowledge of God. Where we war and how we war is we say, does this align with the word of God? Is it in alignment? And if it's not, then what we do is we take authority in the heavenlies over those situations. But here's the thing. It says... We take captive every thought, every pretension, everything that would try to raise itself up above the knowledge of God on this earth from the heavenly position. We take captive every thought 
And it says, and we, will make, and, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. That is, that is in the heavenly. So when something is disobedient to the will of God, we have authority over it. When we see cancer, we go, no, that is disobedience to the very will of God. We have authority over it. Now, do we have a full understanding of that? Am, am I there where every single time I pray for someone with cancer, like they're healed? No. Am I pressing into it? Absolutely, because I want to see it happen. But look at it like this. Babe Ruth, when he started in baseball, he didn't stand up to the plate and start hitting home runs. And the guy actually in, his, in the prime, he had, I think, a batting average of 342. That means you're hitting the ball <laughs> one-third of the time. The other two times, you're actually striking out. So... I feel like for us, now Jesus, when Jesus gets up to bat, he bats 1,000. But for us, if we're batting 300, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> and even to get to that 300, like 300 is an amazing batting average. To even get to that 300 takes a lot of practice. Again, Babe Ruth didn't get up and go, hey, I'm just going to start hitting home runs. I can guarantee you there was a lot of practice. There was a lot of swings and misses. There was a lot of outs. There's and finally, he got to that place. I feel like we just have to pick up the bat and start swinging. And when you strike out, when you miss, don't go, well, I guess I don't have it. I guess that's not it. Not for me. <laughs> I won't be praying for anybody else because that didn't work. It's, it's the same way. I mean, we've got to pick up the bat again and start swinging. And, and I believe the more we do it, I'm seeing it. The more I do it, and I don't care now, man. I, I, like, if they don't get healed, I do care. <laughs> I want everyone to get healed. But I am not going, well, I don't want to pray for them because I don't know if they're going to get healed. No. I, I, I'm going to pray for every person that I see, and then I'm going to try to share the love of Jesus with them. And, and if I strike out and if I, if I pop one up or whatever I do, so be it. I'll go after the next one, and I'm going to hit the next one out of the park. So this, that last part, it says... And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. A lot of times we miss that part. We need to walk in obedience to the very things that the Lord has for us. In John 15, he says, he says I call you friends. Why does he call us friends? Because we actually obey his commands. As we begin to love him, as we get to receive his love, we get to know his commands. When we walk in his commands, I believe this is where authority is gained in the earth and we begin to see the power of God move and we begin to see the kingdom of God revealed right now, here and now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that in the midst of our struggle, as we struggle with this understanding of not always seeing your kingdom come on earth when we pray, Lord, I pray that you would bring us into a greater understanding and alignment. Lord, that we would humble ourselves as we come before you and realize it's nothing that we can do. It's only tapping into you and it's learning how to live and move and have our being in you and through you. Lord, I pray that you would teach us your ways. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual maturity that you are bringing the rock into, that you're bringing your church into. Lord, that it is a new season where there are mothers and fathers that are being raised up, Lord, with greater understanding of walking in the supernatural. Lord, I pray that, that we would have your eyes to see the way you see. 
that when we see a person that's hurting, that's struggling, we wouldn't just go, well, that's too bad. <laughs> Lord, that we would actually press in and know the very thing that you've called us to do, that we would preach the gospel, that we would declare your goodness into a situation, that we would break those chains of injustice, that we would open the eyes of the blind, that we would set captives free, that we would preach the very gospel that you've given us, the good news, that we would share it with everyone around us. And Lord, I thank you for a greater authority that we're going to begin to walk in in this season. Lord, I thank you that we are going to see cancer come under our feet because it's under your feet. I thank you that we're going to see COVID come under our feet because it's under your feet. Lord, I thank you every sickness, every disease, we are going to begin to see those things come under our feet because they're under your feet. So Lord, I pray that you would give us that wisdom, that revelation, that understanding that as we step into position, as we position ourselves, we begin to walk into that authority and reveal and release your power, the very glory of the Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>